Gambling on football, you say. Well, well, well. If you've done it before, you want to get back into it, or you just want another place to reliably play where you know when you win, you're going to get paid. Because remember, that's the whole deal. Winning is nice, getting paid even nicer. Thank you, Mr. X, for the comment. Bottom line is this, my bookie, mybookie.ag. They've been with us now for two seasons. They are a solid book. They pay when you win, and they are very straightforward. Plus, they've got a great array of ways that you can wager on games, an excellent interface, excellent mobile app as well, and great customer service. You know, there have been a small number of hiccups along the way, and people have emailed me directly and said, hey, I had a problem with my bookie. I send one email, boom, off to my rep at my bookie, and the problem is fixed like that. MyBookie.ag. Now listen, if you want to maybe bet a little bit and win big, try some parlays. They're kind of hard to hit, but they're fun to play, right? Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. That's MyBookie.ag, one of the best in the business. It's where I play. It's where I recommend you have an account as well because you can never have too many. And right now, joining MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo to activate the offer. That's promo code ZABE. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Today on the ZabeCast, NFL Week 4 is almost in the books and responding to complaints that there wasn't enough football in today's show. Guess what? You're getting plenty today. Andy Poland joins me. We talk Redskins and the 15 different times we thought we hit rock bottom. All that plus a late ad on Saints and Cowboys. Your bonus, 40 minutes of gloriously uncensored me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. Here we go. Monday, September 30th, 2019. Thank you for downloading. We won't have time today to talk baseball matchups. I need to make sure I've got all my P's and Q's correct on that. It's 7.45 on a Sunday night. I've been watching football all day. I don't want to make any mistakes. I know the Nats play the Brewers on Tuesday night, 8.08 p.m. Eastern time at Nats Park. Wild card game. Winner advances. Loser goes home. More on that tomorrow. Also, Joe Madden fired in Chicago. No surprise there. A very interesting presser with him and Theo Epstein side by side. No tears, no anger saying this was best for everybody. If only all firings could be that good. All that plus Vontez Perfect is a unbelievable recidivist, cheap-shotting criminal. And why the league still tolerates his existence is frankly beyond me. But with that said, let's go. NFL Week 4 recap on a roll. Cue the music. Big storylines. Patriots escape Buffalo, but they were very lucky in the process. 16-10 final. Didn't cover the 7.5. Josh Allen left the game with an injury. Matt Barkley came in. I saw this and I said, oh, geez, Matt Barkley is still a thing, huh, in this league? He looks as short as ever fatter than ever, and he's got a beard now, and he still sucks. Block punt for a touchdown in the first half of this game helped provide the difference for the Patriots, and look at Tom Brady's stat line, 18 for 39, 
for 150 yards. No touchdowns in one INT. He's looking closer to 50 than ever. Uh, but the Patriots are still undefeated. Game effort by Buffalo as they come up short in the loss. The Bears crush the Vikings again. 16-6 your final, and it wasn't even that close. The bad news is Mitch Trubisky left the game with a shoulder injury. It could be serious. We'll know more tonight and tomorrow. Chase Daniel, he's still a thing. He started like three games in his NFL career, and he's made $34 million. Actually played, played pretty well. 22 of 30, had a touchdown. Kirky, Kirky, Kirky. You know, his numbers were clean. 27 of 36, 233, no touchdowns, no INTs. But he just cannot deliver you. He can't be anything more than a game manager. And Dalvin Cook got swallowed up by that Bears rush defense. As expected, oh, by the way, 14, to thir uh, 14 carries, 35 yards, your total. But the biggest concern for the Bears is they may have lost their starting quarterback for the season. The Lions and the Chiefs with a wild one. They escaped the Chiefs, do with a 34-30 win despite a very subpar game from Patrick Mahomes. He was only 55%, didn't have a touchdown pass, but he had a huge scramble for a first down on fourth and eight with the game on the line to set up what would be the go-ahead game-winning touchdown. Mahomes did have 300 yards. This game included a 100-yard fumble return by Bashad Breeland of the Chiefs. Now, I've got to go back and watch this play again and listen to the whistles or the non-whistles on it, but basically, here's what we got. Fumble at the goal line. The refs are afraid to blow the whistle now because they want everything to be reviewed. The players are afraid to tackle the guy when it seems like the play is over because they're afraid to get penalized for late hits or even fined by the league office come Monday. And this is the shit that now happens. Thank you, replay. There was an amazing Kenny Galladay touchdown that withstood a challenge or withstood the automatic review. I said at first, no way, he was out. And then I looked and I go, oh, wait a minute. He scraped his cleats before landing out of bounds. Is a scrape as good as a foot? Is a foot as good as a knee? Is a knee as good as an elbow? I don't know, you tell me. Carry on Johnson, big game after I said the Lions couldn't run the football. He had 125 yards on 26 carries. The Dwayne Haskins era, for better or worse, has been launched in Washington. It got launched in the middle of an awful game by Case Keenum as the Redskins were getting dog-walked by the New York Giants. 24-3, your final score. Another one in which it wasn't even that close. Haskins was bad in relief. 9 of 17, three picks, sacked a bunch of times, looked like a deer in headlights. Of course, he wasn't getting any reps in practice, wasn't getting any reps this week. This is not how they would have wanted him to start his career, but now it's begun, and the Jay Gruden watch is on. He's 0-4, certain to be fired at the end of the year. So if that's the answer, then why wait till the end of the year? I'm not sure Jay can make it. More on this with Andy in just a second. Giants had four turnovers, and they still win 24-3. And here's a number for you. The Skins D allowed eight out of 13 third downs to get converted. Holy shit. That's right on their number for the year. Through a quarter of the season, the Redskins' third down percentage is well into the 60% range. That is unheard of. Fire Minuski, fire him now. Owen 16 is in play. Skins also had 12 penalties. The Giants had five. This was a flag fest on every other play. A bunch of those penalties were actually declined. 
The Panthers beat the Texans 16 to 10. Kyle Allen now three and O. Cam, Cam who exactly? I'm just kidding. But Cam Newton made a little bit of news Friday. I don't know if you saw it. He did someone's fancy podcast that had a video component as well. And he was seen smoking a cigar, drinking a glass of wine, and he was talking about his vegan ways. Some nutritionists said on Friday that veganism is probably hurting his recovery from certain injuries. Cam also admitted that the Panthers covered up the extent of his foot injury in the preseason. So, once again, injury reporting and honesty from NFL teams, absolutely worthless. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is sick. You knew this already, right? But these numbers still amaze me every week. 27 carries, 93 yards and a touchdown, plus 10 catches for 86 yards in the air. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins was nowhere to be found for the Texans. Just five catches, 41 yards. Bad day for him. The Titans punk the Falcons 24-10. Dan Quinn has to be on the firing watch now. Julio Jones had just four catches for 52 yards on a mere seven targets. Matt Ryan, 35 of 53. Oof. Mariota was efficient, three touchdowns, low attempts. Derrick Henry, 27 carries for 100 yards. The Raiders blitz the Colts 31-24 thanks to scoring touchdowns on three of their first four drives. Derek Carr was good. A late pick six sealed it. Uh, Brissett was not very good this game, all about 50%. They were missing some guys, though. T.Y. Hilton and Devin Funches were out in this game. How about Trevor Davis, the former Packer? A sweet 60-yard jet sweep to the end zone. 16-play drive, two for the uh, Raiders. was pretty nice to start this second half. The Chargers beat the Dolphins to keep them winless 30-10. to Redskins Dolphins in two weeks, people. Mark your calendars. This one could be for the first pick in the NFL draft. Melvin Gordon was actually suited up. Didn't play in the game. He was the emergency backup. Austin Eckler said, I got this handled. Had a touchdown rushing and a touchdown receiving. Dolphins did hold a lead in this game. First time all year. It lasted just three minutes and 49 seconds. Punter Ty Long actually made three field goals of length in this game, 44, 45, and 51. So uh, maybe I should go easier on him when it comes to saying, why are they so cheap? Why are they letting a punter do the kicking as Badgley was once again hurt? Uh, Defensive end Melvin Ingram, though, left the game with a hamstring. That's the bigger concern for San Diego. Excuse me, L.A. The Browns dismantle the Ravens, who have crashed back to earth after the first two weeks of the season. 40-25, to your final. Nick Chubb went off. 20 carries, a buck 65, and three, three touchdowns. 88-yarder was the big one in that. Lamar Jackson, three touchdowns, but had two picks, was sacked four times. OBJ, only two catches for 20 yards in the win for Cleveland. Seahawks dismantle the Cardinals 27-10. Russell Wilson, nice day yet again, 22-28. Chris Carson, big load, 22 for 104 yards. Kyler Murray was running for his life, did have 241 yards passing, but threw a pick and was sacked four times. How about Jadavion Clowney with a pick six in this game as well for Seattle? Shh, Seattle is three and one, people. They're back. They never went anywhere. Jaguars beat Denver on the road 26-24 on a Josh Lambeau gut check field goal at the gun. Leonard Fournette, massive day. 29 carries, 225 yards. At least for Denver, they had five sacks in the game. So the lid is off the sack jar for them. Uh, Gardner Minshew, 
stats were not very good, but he won the game. Jalen Ramsey did not play. That saga will continue for at least another week. And then on Sunday afternoon late, the Buccaneers smash, smash, smash the Rams 55-40. to New franchise record for points. Jared Goff was terrible. Yes, he had 517 yards passing, but he threw three picks, had a fumble return for a touchdown. Oof. Look at these numbers. Goff, 45 of 68. Jameis Winston had four touchdown passes and 385 himself. Buccaneers showing some life. Talk about a bounce back from a gut, gutting loss on a bad field goal attempt last week against the Giants. So that brings us to the Sunday night game, and I am right now heading over to Cowboy Mike and Miss Janice's house to watch the game. You know what they say, keep your friends close, keep your enemies even closer. Going to watch the game with a bunch of dirty, stinking Cowboy fans, and I'll have to be forced to quietly root for the other team. I can't stand the Saints, but still, always good to watch the game on Sunday night with friends. I'll come back and give you a recap. We got Andy Poland coming up in just a second. Want to remind everybody, Sunburn Bowl 1 is on. Come vacation like a champion. Yeah, it's a group vacation. I don't know about that. It'll be the greatest thing you've ever done in your life. Imagine Beach Week, but for adults. Imagine Spring Bake break except for those who have actually been through life and don't have as much fun as they should anymore talk about the big blended family of all zabe people all you p1 people come on come one come all we're leaving from milwaukee uh 95 97.3 the game sponsoring the trip we're going to puerto vallarta mexico it's a week in the middle of february right after the super bowl we'll play sunburn bowl one it's your vacation. Do what you want. Do as much as you want. Do as little as you want. There's no requirements. Come on. Enjoy a great time. See live shows down there. And get out of the freezing cold winter. For more information, go to thegamemke.com. That's thegamemke.com. Check the top of my Twitter feed. It's pinned there. Or if you're interested and you're still stymied, just email me. I'll send you the link. I'll steal your credit card. I'll get your deposit down, and you'll be coming on the trip. Gambling on football, you say? Well, well, well. If you've done it before, you want to get back into it, or you just want another place to reliably play, where you know when you win you're going to get paid, because remember, that's the whole deal. Winning is nice, getting paid even nicer. Thank you, Mr. X, for the comment. Bottom line is this, my bookie, mybookie.ag. They've been with us now for two seasons. They are a solid book. They pay when you win, and they are very straightforward. Plus, they've got a great array of ways that you can wager on games, an excellent interface, excellent mobile app as well, and great customer service. You know, there have been a small number of hiccups along the way, and people have emailed me directly and said, hey, I had a problem with my bookie. I send one email, boom, off to my rep at my bookie, and the problem is fixed like that. MyBookie.ag. Now listen, if you want to maybe bet a little bit and win big, try some parlays. They're kind of hard to hit, but they're fun to play, right? Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. That's MyBookie.ag, one of the best in the business. It's where I play. It's where I recommend you have an account as well because you can never have too many. And right now, joining MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo to activate the offer. That's promo code ZABE. 
Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. You are looking live. Wow, it sounds loud where you're at. I called. No, I your... just turned down the Red Zone channel. Oh, very good. I called Andy's home number. Took a little while to connect. I am down here in the five-hour energy dome in the basement where I'm just trying to process all of this today, Andy, that we saw. It is ugly. Yeah. You know, though, you know, you and I chronicled so many of the seasons and I started doing Redskin stuff when we started what was then uh, AM570 back in 1992. And reality is it's been mostly this. They've had three playoff wins in those 27 years. It's a, now a bad organization. The, the team that we watched in the 80s, there's absolutely no resemblance to that now. No, and in fact, what we haven't had is what we're looking at, staring at right now in the face, which is the... Worst team in football, perhaps worse than even the Dolphins, who have been actively trying to tank. The thought that they're going to play each other in two weeks in Miami is stunning. Uh, to, to think they could lose that game to take the lead in the race to not just be the worst team in football, but to be 0-16, possibly. Yeah, and uh, that's why they have to find out if they have a quarterback because whatever happens in that game, they're probably going to have one of the first three or four draft picks. And if Haskins is not the guy, dip into the well again, see what you come up with. Can you imagine doing that? See, this is what was my fear all along, that they would take Haskins at 15, not really be sold on them and go right back into the market like the Cardinals did with Kyler Murray a year later. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the rookie salary cap allows you to do that now. And why keep throwing money and time after a quarterback who isn't good? Go find somebody who is. But you do know what a waste it is to have a 15th overall pick not play for you. Like, that's just literally throwing a first-rounder away. First-rounders should produce. So while you can say, well, maybe two will be great, also remember the team around Haskins is dog shit. And the team around Tua is going to be dog shit. Right. I mean, you know, the first two names I saw running out on the field today uh, when the Redskins had the ball uh, were named Bergstrom and Martin. And that right there gave me a sick feeling in the pit of my stomach. Uh, You know, they they not only don't have maybe the best – left tackle they've ever had in Trent Williams. Uh, They don't have two other starting linemen, one of them a pro bowler. And, uh, you know, the running game, which, you know, the big fuss in week one, oh, Adrian Peterson is inactive. He can't play anymore behind this line or any line. You know, so they don't have any weapons right now, and their best receiver didn't play today, Terry McLaurin. Yeah, uh, it is truly amazing. And so I'm, I'm thinking ahead here. Because the coaches will say we play them one game at a time. We in the media play them all at once. We play them forwards. We play them backwards. We think of all scenarios. 0-16, which has been done once in the league by the Lions, and remains a real 
black mark on a franchise well, to have Cleveland ever gone 0-16. And, and Cleveland did it as well. Thank you. Sorry, yeah. twice. Um, it may deliver the Redskins at 1-1 in the draft, and they may go back to the well with Tua. But here's another thing that I'm thinking of. You may have a guy in Tua say, I won't play for them. Yeah, well, you know what? The the way that players are empowering themselves now right. more than ever, why wouldn't that be the case? Now, John Elway, John Elway pulled it off with the Colts with this phony baloney baseball thing. Right. Uh, I don't know what – I guess Tua could say I'm going back to Alabama, right? Well, I suppose, yeah. He would have to yeah. – he would well, but you have to declare for the draft at right, some point. Right, but he'd know what the draft order That's is true. before he would declare. That's true. It it would be interesting to see. You know, I think he's got a good solid. Uh, sub, is it Samoan or Hawaiian family? He's a Samoan family from Hawaii, right? I think that's right. Yeah, and and I, I don't think he's got a stage dad who would necessarily do that. But you know, Archie had no problem in saying. Fuck San Diego. We're not going there. And I never really understood, Andy, why he had such a hard-on against San Diego as a franchise. Do you? I don't remember exactly, you know, what the reason was. I I believe Marty was there, if I'm not mistaken. I think Um, so, yeah. But he just he just didn't didn't like the way the organization was run. Now, uh, the uh, the issue with Elway was Frank Cush, who was the coach of the Colts at the time, and uh, the father, John Elway's father, had, had either coached against him or coached with him, and he didn't want his son playing for him. So that was that was a big factor there. Right. Well, let's let's deal with the more immediate concern, which is: Will Jay Gruden be fired by the time this podcast posts at four a.m. Monday morning? I'm going to say no. Uh, I think that there really isn't much to be gained by it. I think Snyder did learn something of a lesson by firing Norv Turner. Um, I, I don't know what he can do other than uh, what did I read that there's people getting in line for uh, the Oklahoma coach. That, oh, uh, you- yeah. I heard someone say, oh, the Redskins are, I'm sure, drooling over Lincoln Riley. I, I yeah. laughed and said, that is the most peak Redskin tweet. Dreaming about a coach will never get for a team for whom it wouldn't matter. That right. is peak Redskins right there. <laughs> yeah, if Lincoln Riley wants to coach in the NFL, he'll have other choices besides the Redskins. Lincoln Riley would sooner hurl himself headfirst into a wood chipper than he would take <laughs> Dan Snyder's money. Like, I think what we have to come to grips with, Andy, is that, and I said this last week, and I'll repeat it now because it's even worse, this is a NFL Chernobyl. This is a nuclear toxic situation that will only attract the most desperate or guys that otherwise wouldn't get jobs. The next head coach to Jay is going to be a scabroni, mark my words, and if Bruce is still here, the personnel problems are going to continue. Yeah, well, if if it's Bruce, it's it's going to be somebody with a Tampa connection uh, who's going to come here, and I don't know if he's got any left. Uh, if it's not Bruce, it'll be somebody who has connections with some other team, and you know we'll we'll see somebody in here who's probably inexperienced. I don't think you're going to get a, a coach who's got some chops to come here, and uh, yeah, it'll just be more of the same. Monusky has to be fired by Monday morning. That has you to would happen. think, but but you know when you when you do these firings, you you further water down your coaching staff. 
So uh, as, I, as I've talked to you before about 1999, when they fired just for the hell of it, the special teams coach, uh, the punter says they're out in practice and everybody's looking around. What do we do here? What do we do? Right. So it, 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 well, it, could... it sounds like a solution, but it really isn't a solution. I think, but you say it can't, it could, it could get worse. It can't get much worse. I mean, they are easily the worst third down team on defense the league has yeah. seen through four weeks. Yeah. They are a 65% permission team on defense. It's ridiculous. Yeah. By the way, yeah, I'm watching cool. post-game footage right now. I guess Landon Collins wanted to get into a talking match with some of the Giants, or maybe this was pregame. I don't know. That's yeah. another thing. So we have this insanely expensive purchase at strong safety, a guy who can't cover. He's a one style safety only that's run support paid like he's jj watt basically who's right. going to be on either a 1 and 15 0 and 16 or maybe 2 and 14 team ridiculous all because why cuz dan snyder had a Sean taylor jersey he had saved and wanted yeah. to give him in a touching steakhouse presentation which was yeah. well chronicled back in the spring this is how you end up with these players. It's not that uh, Collins is a bad player per se, but the payment of him and the pursuit of him gets driven by fanboyism decisions like this. Well, I think you, you look at the NFL as a whole. Smart teams never lose a player they don't want to lose. So the New York Giants are saying goodbye to a 25-year-old pro bowler. What does that tell you? Right. It tells right. you that he's okay, but we can do without him. And his right. replacement, Jabril Peppers, pick six on Dwayne yeah. Haskins. Okay, let's exactly. All right, so I think Minuski has to get fired because you can't be this bad and not have the coach get fired. Somebody has to get fired to sharpen everybody's attention in that building. So I think that's going to happen. Unless Jay says, I won't do it. So if you want to fire uh, Minuski, fire me while you're at it. Yeah. Yeah, that could happen. But do you think um, Jay will make it to January? Yeah, I, I really do. I mean, I, I, this feels you want like bet the Zorn year. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think. Do the, you the want now, to bet on it? The, the move now would be similar to what you did with Zorn. You go in to see Gruden. You send Bruce Allen in there, and you say Kevin O'Connell is calling the place, and Gruden will either say I resign or, as Zorn said, I comply. I comply. By the way, listeners, you'll remember the days Andy would famously not engage me in any friendly wagers or even any angry wagers when we were on the air together. And that trend continues today. You you heard him clearly ignore my repeated aggressive taunts of, you want to bet me? You want to bet me? Yeah. Can I try yeah. one last time? Would you like to wager, Andrew, please? Pretty you'll notice please? I still have my house and I still have my car. <laughs> I haven't made any insane wagers to lose either one yet. How about just a, just a lunch wager? Sure, let's okay. do lunch. Well, and a lot of times when I ask, do you want to bet on it? It's not because I'm desperate to take your money or lunch. It's that I want to measure the strength of your conviction. You know what yeah. I'm saying? No. So so, yeah, I, so, you say you think he's going to last until January. I yeah. ask the question of how how firm are you on that thought? I think, I Andy, I believe there's no way he can swim that far. This is like the English Channel. And he is not Diana Nyad. He is some <laughs> fat guy in a single tutu suit who's about to drown a mile off a shore. No way. Yeah. He can't he can't make it that far. Yeah. 
I mean, in, see, in baseball, you can fire a manager and you can bring somebody in from the outside. I don't think you're going to get anybody. I don't. I'm certain you're not going to bring anybody in from the outside. Then you're looking at either you take a chance on Kevin O'Connell, which I wouldn't be opposed to, or you go with Bill Callahan, who's been a head coach before. But that's about it. Well, we'll see. I, I know it won't help anything. I just think that it's one of those things where you, you have to, for the sake of everybody, put him out of his misery. I know that Jay will be miserable because he is not good Monday through Saturday. Yeah. He's okay as a coordinator, not great as a head coach. He is terrible at the podium. He's terrible with the kind of rah-rah stuff you have to do for the media as a head coach. And this this will kill him if he has to bring this ship home over the next 15 weeks. Well, I mean, you know, he, he has in the past shown he's willing to comply going back to his first year when he was playing Robert Griffin III when he didn't want to play him and then the hostage video at the Combine when uh, after saying at the end of the season he was going to have an open competition that said it was Robert's job. Um, so I, I think he's he's willing to do it their way and I think I think playing Haskins today was part of doing it their way. And I think, you know, even though he's, he's noncommittal about who's going to be the starting quarterback next next week, I, I think if he can't get Colt healthy enough to play, I think he's going to have to start him against the Patriots. Chip, I'm, only, I'm looking at a 2016 article. Chip Kelly got whacked midseason, 6-9 and nine, uh, for yeah. the Eagles. Ken Wisenhunt got fired after a 1-6 and six start with the Titans in 2015. Joe Philbin, 1-3, and three, got whacked after four games. Dennis... Allen got fired by the Raiders in 2014. Uh, Gary Kubiak was 2-11 in 2013 when he got whacked. So even though as of late, the last couple of years it hasn't happened, oh, I think it's happening here. Okay, let's move on to Haskins. What would you think of how he looked? I mean, he looked like a deer in the headlights who walked into several sacks when apparently a number of wide outs, wide receivers were open. His yeah. accuracy was not where it needs to be at the pro level, but all that considered, what do you expect? The guy had no reps going into this game and has had very few reps all year long. Yeah, he, he can run a little bit. That's mm-hmm. good. I think you look at all the young quarterbacks, they can run. Um, he's got a good arm, as we saw in the preseason and, and today, but again, making decisions, holding on to the ball, taking a sack, uh, missing wide-open receivers that he doesn't see. That's all part of the learning experience, which is why in a lost season, I think you play them. And whether you finish with three wins or two wins or even six wins, doesn't matter. Just play them. All right. Somebody tweeted me, is this rock bottom? To which I always say, you never know when you've just stopped to change drill bits. I gave the (laughs) list of false rock bottoms in the Dan Snyder era. I tried to group them chronologically. Of course, I could not include everything. I know I've missed a few. Some may, may be out of order, but let me rattle them off to you. I've got about 15 of them. Wow. <laughs> and it could have been more. Here we go. Norv fired at 7-7 seven and seven with the ensuing Pepper Rogers insanity. 7-6 and six was the record when they fired him. They were in position for the playoffs. You sure about that? I thought yeah. they last lost their last two. Oh, no. They lost two and then won a meaningless game at home for right. Coach Robinski to lift right. their record to... Eight and eight. Eight and eight. Okay. Number two, Marty fired after one year. Yeah. False bad. rock bottom. Number three, Spurrier quitting from the golf course. Yeah. Yeah. 
false <laughs> rock bottom. That doesn't even include all the Spurrier debacles along the way in his two years here. Number four, Sean Taylor's murder, false yeah. rock bottom. Number five, Jim Zorn's presser where he said maroon and black. His opening press conference, his introduction. Yes, and and the fact that he was hired only because they went uh, big game hunting for uh, who was the uh, Spagnolo, the Giants yeah. D coordinator Giants. after the Super Bowl upset of the Patriots. They didn't get him. They sat there for 33 days thinking for sure they're going to get him. Spagnolo said no. So they yeah. said, hey, Jim, put on a suit and come <laughs> to Dan's house. We'd like to interview you for the head coaching job. And sadly, Joe Gibbs from his NASCAR garage couldn't hear from over the air wrench sounds to say, yeah, sure, go ahead and do it. When he should have said, Jim Zorn, you crazy? <laughs> now, Tom Levero swears this is true. He saw Zorn's wife in the parking lot before the news conference on her cell phone saying, no, head coach, head coach. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. uh, number six, false rock bottom, swinging gate. Yeah. Yeah, False rock yeah. bottom, number seven, Hainsworth takes a nap. Uh, bad. False rock bottom, number eight, the bingo caller. That was under Terrible. That was under uh, Zorn. Zorn. So yeah. I've got him a little bit out. Did Hainsworth take a nap for Zorn or for Shannon? No, no. That was, uh, that was the Philadelphia game uh, where McNabb had gotten the contract extension before the game, the Monday nighter. Okay, so, and they were down. They were down thirty-five nothing or twenty-eight nothing, something like that know. at home. It was. It was debacle. Uh, false rock bottom number nine. McNabb's fake new contract. Yep. He didn't Same last. Day. Didn't last the rest of the year. False rock bottom number ten. RG 3s crumpled knee yep. on the horrible FedEx field turf. After everyone could see, he can't run. Get him out. This game is winnable. We got a good backup in Kirk Cousins. Shanny was afraid to do it. Yep, False rock bottom number 11, RG3 deactivated the next year for the off-season program. <laughs> off he needs an off-season. <laughs> False rock bottom number 12, the endless Kirk dance over the yeah. franchise tag. False yeah. rock bottom number 13, McLuhan fired and smeared. Oh, that is rich. A bunch of alcoholics themselves calling yeah. McLuhan the unredeemable alcoholic. False rock bottom number 14, Bruce Allen's winning off the field comments. All right. False rock bottom number 15, the brief La Famina marketing regime of straightforward honesty about availability of tickets. Eight months. Games. Yep. Eight That's months. That's lasted. God. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was bad. In fact, uh, you knew you got the final middle finger from Bruce when they finally wore the yellow pants in the last game of the season. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I got, I got another one. Um, Nineteen ninety-eight. I guess you were not in town, but uh, they had beefed up the defensive line by signing as a free agent Fat Dana Stubblefield, who turned out to be a big tub of goo, and they made the trade for Big Daddy Wilkinson. Yeah. And uh, they thought that was a playoff team. That team started 0-7. It included a game at Minnesota where they gave zero effort, and you could see on the bench Daryl Green crying at the end of that game, even though he played reasonably well against it, an insanely good Randy Moss. Right. Uh, and somehow that, that season under Trent Green turned around. They won six games. 
By the way, a quick cautionary note here for the Redskin fans dreaming of maybe Tua at 1-1. Kyler Murray is getting worn the fuck out right now in front of my eyes in the first half against Seattle. He's running for his life. He's throwing it all over the place. So don't think a new quarterback is going to be the savior. This is a total systemic meltdown, a nuclear NFL Chernobyl that's going to have a cleanup that's going to take years, and and Bruce Allen's going to be gone by the time this gets any better. Okay, enough of that. Let's switch gears. Maryland football on Friday night had their biggest night at home in years. Hype for this game against Penn State was through the roof. They had shown glimpses in the first two games of being pretty good. They stubbed their toe against Temple, but you shook it off going, okay, we're ready for these guys, and they got boat raced by Penn State. What was the final, 59-nothing? 59-nothing, and the disparity of yardage was unbelievable. I think Maryland had just over 100 total yards. Penn State had 600. I mean, it, it was it was a non-competitive. It was a complete whitewash. It, it was it was almost like Maryland playing Howard. That's that's how lopsided it was. And given the buildup, that's got to be one of the big disappointments in the history of Maryland football. So, what do you make of it? Given that you are obviously a, still a big supporter of the program, mm-hmm. I mean, Penn State's good, and they're a true power in the national landscape. But they're not Clemson. They're not Alabama. They're not Ohio State, and they just demolished the Terps. Yeah, they're, they're, they're significantly better. Also, you know, Mike Lockley is known as a great recruiter. His head coaching record is abysmal, and he was a complete disaster either in New Mexico or New Mexico State. I'm not sure which one, but right. he won like two games in, in, in two seasons plus. I mean, he was, he was an absolute disaster. I don't know whether he can coach or not. I really don't. And when a team puts out an effort like that, you got to look to coaching to some degree. I mean, a lot of it's on the players, but he didn't have them ready to play, and, and they were not a, in, in any way competitive in that game. If it makes anyone feel any better, which it probably wouldn't, Nebraska fans have to be in the same boat on this day because they got destroyed by Ohio State. Night game, national TV, you know, they, they get Scott Frost to come home. The prodigal son returns. They pay him a ton of money. He had been producing miracles down there in Florida at a second-tier Division One program. They thought, the Big Red N has got your back now. We got the letterhead. You can recruit like crazy. Let's go kick some ass. So far, Scott Frost ain't doing shit at Nebraska. Yeah, that that's really a, a surprise because uh, again, was it Central Florida, right? Yeah, he, one, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I get them all mixed up all yeah, the time. Yeah, he he uh, he really did did perform miracles, and it's hard to explain it. It really is. I mean, Nebraska football is is the biggest thing. Even and I, I saw, I didn't see the end of the game, but I saw a couple of tweets. Even when they were getting blown out by Ohio State, nobody left. It was a sea of red in the stands. I mean, football really matters there. And to think that an alum, a guy coming back who yeah. didn't win the Heisman Trophy there, is 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 not able to do this is is really stunning because they have they have the pick of the litter. Plus, they have like the greatest walk on program anywhere. Like they have guys turning down Division One scholarships in other places to go walk on at Nebraska. And the fact they were not competitive is really amazing. Central Florida, by the way, for uh, two seasons, 2016 and 2017, and this is his second year at Nebraska. Okay, uh, I need a quick recap of your trip to FedEx Field on Monday night for the Bears and the Redskins game, and when did you leave? Uh, well, 
uh, first of all, I was I was there because my cousin Howard was in town with his friend. Howard is a Bears season ticket holder, uh, came wearing his Brian Erlocker jersey, and looked like just about everybody else in the parking lot because uh, this was a tailgate that looked like it was right out of Soldier Field. Um, I've never really seen anything like this, but just before Keenum threw the pick six, it's a third down play. The chant in the stands is an almost deafening defense, defense, defense. And we're at FedEx Field. It's FedEx Field. And, and, and it's a deafening roar for the Bears' defense. And then when ha-ha Clinton Dix, the former Redskin, goes ha-ha the other way for a touchdown, there's a roar. Now, there are a few Redskin fans there. But, I mean, it's, it's, that's, that's even worse how, than nobody showing up. How'd that make you feel? As a like, lifelong Redskin fan and as a guy who's covered the team now for as long as you have. Well, uh, you know, I was at the game against Pittsburgh on a, I believe it was a Sunday night, maybe on a Monday night, where they had to go to a silent, silent count. count. Yeah, so it's, it's not that new, but it's, it's just another example of where this franchise is. And, you know, people are so tired of, of me and maybe even getting tired of you who, who lived with as a middle schooler and high schooler, but, you know, be talking about the 80s and the 90s. This, this is the exact opposite of that. I mean, so, so it was a shocking humiliation to have to see that, to see the yeah. Bears fans invade and to then look around that stadium. Did you not spend a lot of time looking up at the upper decks and seeing how disfigured they are? and dismantled yeah. they are. And yeah. you and I remember when, even when the team was bad, even when Spurrier was being a clown, people willingly paid to sit up in the Himalayas. Oh, they, yeah, yeah. They've ripped that stadium apart, and they got to keep on going with the socket wrench and the uh, Sawzall because it's going to get worse and worse. Yeah. There's nobody up there now. They're, I mean, they. I don't know what the attendance announced was. The lower bowl was relatively full, but the upper deck was empty. There's nobody up there. Unbelievable. All right, so there was that. And then also you had one thought on Tom Brenneman. Yeah, I mean, uh, you're, you're, you're F this guy. <laughs> this is one of the perils of having an 0-3 team, now an 0-4 team. You get the... Z team from Fox and Tom Brenneman is just a complete blowhard. I know he's got a great voice and his father's the legendary red announcer who just retired, but his race to the front to, to tell everybody what a wonderful person Eli Manning is. Who cares? Spend five minutes with him, and you'll know the same crap he said about Tim Tebow. You did know, he, you're a better person. Did yeah, he I mean, use just, the spend five minutes line? Because yeah. I didn't hear him say that today. Oh, yeah, early oh. in the broadcast. <laughs> yeah, and he's, he, he's, just, he's just terrible. Now, now, Chris Spielman, I think, is pretty good. And he said something that is a very good term about the Redskins, which I wrote down. He said, it's a team of almost, and that's why they lose. They almost make a play. They almost get a first down. They almost make a stop. And, and that is the difference between winning and losing. You know, teams that are losers say, hey, you know, North Turner, you say, we make a play here and play there. We might win the game. Well, football games are decided by four or five plays. You don't make any of them, you lose. Yeah, well, the race to 0-16 is officially on. I never thought I would say that in my lifetime, but then again, you never thought that the blackout would come into play for the Redskins 
way back in the day. Now, that never happened because they changed the rules. But you used to scoff at me. As I said, I warned. I go, this thing's getting away from them. I never envisioned them having to dismantle the whole stadium. So, 0-16 is definitely in play. And Tua or another quarterback saying, I won't play there as the number one pick is also in play. It it could happen. Although, it seems like 0-16 is harder than 16-0. It just seems that way. But... Wait, you know, wait, that both. wait until the Redskins give it a shot. Andy, have a good holiday. It is uh, you too. Yom Kippur. No, this is, well, this is the start of the Jewish holidays. So tonight, as we talk here, this begins the start of Rosh Hashanah, which is the new year. And then here's how it works. Ten days later, you repent for your sins from the previous year. It's kind of like paying taxes. You know, you don't pay taxes until April, but for the, the previous year. That's how Yom, and Yom Kippur is the holiest day of the Jewish year, so that'll be October the 9th. Mazel, mazel, good things. We'll talk to you next week. Isaac. All right, let me end on a few odds and ends here. First of all, the Saints and the Cowboys are coming down to the final two minutes. I believe the Saints just made a first down. They'll be able to salt away a 12-10 to hard-fought victory, and the Cowboys will finally go down to defeat falling to 3-1 and one and ahead of their showdown with the Packers in Jerry World next week. Oh, by the way, did you see Jerry Jones walking down, or should I say stumbling down Bourbon Street? I mean, he had the zombie walk going, and a left, and a right, and a left, and a right. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Lots of security around him. That's right. I think Jerry Jones is easily the coolest NFL owner unless you're a cowboy fan who hates his guts for being a meddling douchebag but you could do a lot worse cowboy fans when it comes to owners is all I'm saying most of these guys if not almost all of them are not cool they're just rich but we should probably come up with a coolest owners ranking list just for fun this week So anyway, it looks like the game's going to go final. What else do I have to talk about this week? Well, I uh, went to Hershey Park Amusement Park on Saturday with the fam, or more specifically with uh, my wife and my daughter, Catherine. And Catherine had a great time, and that's all that matters. We had bought uh, passes for the park, or we had won them at an auction, won them, at a PTA auction, and they were going to expire at the end of the month, so uh, my wife and I said, well, we better go up and use those, and we did. And and my daughter likes going to amusement parks, and that's great. She's on the autism spectrum. I've said this before. So uh, as a 19-year-old kid, she's always still in wonder and awe of all that amusement parks have to offer, and she she's very easy to please in that regard. So she had a good time, went to the uh, – went on the Hershey – park ride which was in a 40 minute wait in line for a 10 minute ride through little animatronics of and here's the chocolate and here's how it gets wrapped and then there you go afterwards they were selling photos of you and your group in your particular car your little uh trolley car through this ride they were selling photos for packages ranging from $29 and up. 
And I thought to myself, who in the fuck buys those? <laughs> really? In a day and age in which we all have way too many photos of ourselves in various poses in front of various things at amusement parks and in tourist locations, selfies and group photos all the time. Who's going to pay that? I think I might have seen a few people paying for them. I even saw some printouts that were sitting in the gift shop afterwards. Hard copy printouts of this crummy photo, this one-time snap where who knows if anyone's eyes are going to be open or if you're looking the right way. You're, you're riding through in this car and you look up and you're like, hi, snap. I guess enough people buy them. It makes sense. They had a staff of four different kiosks as you walked out of this free ride to purchase a $30, if not more, photo package. I don't know. I don't get it. Part of me thought they should have given us a digital copy of that shit for free, just in exchange for our email address. Wouldn't that have been a fair deal? Is it not enough you get (laughs) as much money as you do for these kind of attractions? Anyway... Park had a lot of roller coasters, Hershey Park and Hershey, Pennsylvania, which is, of course, for those that are not in this area area of the country, I haven't been to Hershey Park, not East Coasters. For my Midwest people and my West Coast and other people, Hershey Park's a pretty big amusement park. It's got 15 roller coasters, or 14, they're adding a 15th one. They have some hellacious roller coasters that absolutely, whoa, third and eight, Teddy Bridgewater just took a massive sack. That'll set up a fourth and about a trillion. What are you doing, Teddy? A minute 43 to go here. We're not done yet. I may just podcast right until the end of this game. So it's a pretty big park, but the day we went, you know, it's like end of the season. The water park has already been drained. Not that we would have wanted to go on the water rides, although it was warm enough to do so. And I'd say a good 30% of all the rides were not operating. And many of the concession stands also not operating. Now, this didn't shock me. It's, like I said, end of the season. But I'm just wondering, how much did everyone else pay to get in here? I looked at the tickets that we won at the uh, PTA raffle or whatever it was, and the face value on them said $65 a pop. And I guess there's no obligation for a park to keep open a certain percentage of rides and or attractions. Sometimes they have to be down for for cleaning and whatnot and repair and maintenance and all that other stuff. But it dawned on me as I'm there dodging your typical amusement park zombies, you know, the unfortunately obese, the uh, aggressively over-tattooed, and I'm sure the chronically under-enlightened, of which I'm Part of that as well. I mean, who am I to talk about being overweight? Although I don't have any tattoos, not that I got anything wrong with them. And I'm sure you must think some of my views are uneducated. But as I'm dodging the amusement park zombies, I thought to myself, what about this for a concept? Just work with me on this. Just follow me through on this. I'd love to come to this park someday with a couple of adult dude bro friends that just want to ride the coasters. But I'd want it to be that they would have a an evening and oh and Dak Prescott just took a sack. 
back at his own four-yard line. What are you doing? Clock is running. They're out of timeouts. Now you got a cowboy who's down and hurt. You can't take a sack there. Throw it away. Okay. I thought, why don't you offer one night a month in which at 5 p.m. the park closes, everyone out, and then 5 p.m. into the evening, into the night, it's roller coasters only. So in other words, it's adults only, basically. And nothing else will be open. No arcades, maybe one food stand, maybe just a beer stand open. And you put all your resources into running the high thrill rides. That's it. That way you don't have to dodge people in their scooters that weigh 500 pounds or have emphysema and they've got two oxygen tanks with them. And you say to yourself, I'm very sorry, ma'am or sir, about your medical condition. But why are you even here? This can't be fun for you. I know you're technically able to scoot around the park, but what fun are you having? You've got six scuba tanks attached to your breathing apparatus. Shouldn't you just be home? Oh, I know. They want to see their grandkids have fun and I guess get out of the house. But I would pay double the already insane $65, and this is how I would price it. I'd say it's roller coaster only night, adults only, 18 and older, and it's double. It's $120. But guess what? We're going to put all our oomph into running the roller coasters, and therefore, you know, because it's so expensive, it's going to peel off a certain number of people, but it's going to keep the lines down. And you're going to be able to ride, 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 pretty much ride them all multiple times, have a great time, not see any stupid crying kids, not dodge any slee stacks in their scooters. I'd do it. I don't know if any park would do it either. Looks like a good catch by Amari Cooper. Of course, they're going to review it. Needlessly, that stops the clock. It allows the Cowboys to come up. Replay. Big fumble early in the game by Zeke Elliott. It really wasn't a fumble. His elbow was down. At least that's the way it looked to me and millions of others. And they, of course, let that play stand. Okay, I'm not going to talk about replay. That's enough for me tonight. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Have yourself a great Monday. We've got a mega Tuesday night on tap. Brewers, Nationals, loser leave town, loser go cry at home at a wasted season, clawing your way into the quote playoffs, and the winner gets the reward of facing the 100-plus win Dodgers. Good luck on that front. Thanks for listening, folks, and we will see you next time. Gambling on football, you say? Well, well, well. If you've done it before, you want to get back into it, or you just want another place to reliably play, where you know when you win, you're going to get paid, because remember, that's the whole deal. Winning is nice, getting paid even nicer. Thank you, Mr. X, for the comment. 
Bottom line is this, my bookie, mybookie.ag. They've been with us now for two seasons. They are a solid book. They pay when you win, and they are very straightforward. Plus, they've got a great array of ways that you can wager on games, an excellent interface, excellent mobile app as well, and great customer service. You know, there have been a small number of hiccups along the way, and people have emailed me directly and said, hey, I had a problem with my bookie. I send one email, boom, off to my rep at my bookie, and the problem is fixed like that. MyBookie.ag. Now listen, if you want to maybe bet a little bit and win big, try some parlays. They're kind of hard to hit, but they're fun to play, right? Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. That's MyBookie.ag, one of the best in the business. It's where I play. It's where I recommend you have an account as well because you can never have too many. And right now, joining MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo to activate the offer. That's promo code ZABE. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid.